And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Well, this week got a little more interesting for the Chiefs. It was Panthers week. And what do we know about the Panthers? Christian McCaffrey's back, I think. Hey, Teddy Two Gloves. And that was sort of... The end of uh, the end of a lot of the analysis we had gotten to up to this point. Figured we might dive into it a little more here today on Times Ours, and uh, some other stuff happened. And Nate Taylor, uh, Seth Kaiser's here as well. Nate Taylor, you said right before the show you had something, and so I'm just gonna get out of the way. Look, I I, I know the American people are waiting patiently, tirelessly. <laughs> I know it's a divisive time. I know we were all waiting for this. I just got to say it. I just got to say it. Some people may not like it. I, I understand this, but I, I just got to say it. Mookie Betts is a better baseball player than Mike, Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, let, let, let's That's just be. That's a bad take. I, I, I just want to be clear. I don't want to hear Mike Trout's name ever again. Okay. <laughs> Mookie Betts is a better baseball player. Um, I just think that's important to say, look, I know they're still tallying yeah. up the ballots on this very, very important topic, but look, Mookie Betts is the, is the better player. He's, he's the, he's, he's, he's the best baseball player in the game right now. And I know, I know people have been wanting to know, they've been really calculating the numbers for weeks now. Um, and that feels all of a sudden normal, but I, I just want, I just want to say that my vote is for Mookie Betts at this point. And we yeah. can move forward with our lives now because, again, I don't want to ever hear Mike Trout's name until he plays a playoff baseball game. Okay, I'm going to do my bit now. Now, Seth, you're going to have to have a bit here in a second, so start thinking about a bit. Now it's my turn. For my, here's my bit. <clears throat> Listen, I know that right now we're all talking about you know these votes and and counting them and how long it takes to count them and maybe even casting ballots you know, without all the information necessary. I know these are all things that have really been at the top of all of our minds. Yes, and I Lord. just think that especially after this last week, it should be more clear than ever that we've got to, we've got to take this process seriously and mm-hmm. carefully. And sometimes mm-hmm. we need to think before we act. Yes. And to make Russell Wilson the MVP after four weeks of the season was just totally <laughs> ridiculous. Like, this is clearly a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. There are lots of people still out there fighting for this MVP mm-hmm. award. But, man, this we'll take our time to count those ballots later in the year. Let's let these guys play first. Okay, Seth, do your bit. You know, look, this is, it's a hard time for everyone. And I think this is one of those times where we have to all take a deep breath. People have said a lot of things. They felt a lot of things. And I think one of the problems that we have lately is we're not listening to each other. You know, just because I disagree with you, you disagree with me. We're not enemies. We don't hate one another. And now is the time to start reaching out to one another and just understand that sometimes people can disagree and still be good people, guys. And that's why it's important in this day on November 5th of 2020, it's important to remember that people who think Reese's Pieces are any good are still people. (laughs) And there's no reason to treat them like they're subhuman because they've got trash taste and candy. Especially after after the hol- you know Halloween is the height of, of this argument, Seth, and I just you 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 are speaking to truth right now, yeah, sir. It, C- look, continue. look, those of us who are in the objectively, morally, biblically, any other ickly type thing you can think of, correct stance that peanut butter M and M's are much, much, much better than the non tasteful garbage that are Reese's Pieces. We still need to understand that we got to work. There are probably, I don't know, maybe up to 70 million people who think Reese's Pieces are good. I don't know how many millions. There might be that many. But we got to try to work with them, people, because they're still here. 
And barring that meteor coming, we still got to work. <laughs> we still got to work with. We still. Sorry, I just made me think of when someone asked a question about about recent politics and the answers someone gave just deadpan. And this is in a professional setting. Said meteor. <laughs> and I just lost my mind. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, guys. In these divisive times, it's important to understand the people that you disagree with, and as angry as they make you you probably haven't talked to your aunt on facebook <laughs> stay off facebook people it's it's a hellscape <laughs> don't talk to any family exclusively just, on just can we call, call them and talk to them about reese's pieces and nothing else we all we are all we are all consumers of reese's okay we Love want them. we want to be reese's for everyone we just know that the way this the way this system works is the peanut butter must be inside a chocolate yes, cup. That, that's, there's gotta be. That's what we've always. Well, that's what we've on. always now, this been. Might make me, this might make me a radical. If there's peanut butter inside of a chocolate Christmas tree or a chocolate Easter egg or even a small chocolate cup, yum 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 yum, right into my tum tum. So this is this is what our this is what our our founding fathers and mothers built this great <laughs> establishment on. We need to. We need to protect yeah. it at all costs. You think they got those gross teeth not eating peanut butter and chocolate? They were downing that stuff. <sighs> sorry. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> no, I just... Look, if you've learned nothing over the next 50-so minutes about the Kansas City Chiefs, just understand, as divisive as a time it is right now, we must hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> may, peanut may I, butter... May I, may I step in? Please do. Yes, yes. I just want to uh, bring out a, a subject that possibly we all can agree on. Just to wrap this, just to wrap this chunk up, um, can we agree that Timothy Oliphant can just play a marshal and a sheriff and everything forever? <laughs> yes, while Liam Neeson <laughs> is forever some sort of operative doing something. Yeah, I love that Timothy Oliphant. Even in real life, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna walk around in a cowboy hat now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, I, look. We we need unifiers, and we have one. That's right. And and we just need to unify around peanut butter and Mookie Betts, and the ability to just you know to just understand that 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 life. There's so much life out there that we can enjoy. <laughs> I just googled when were Reese's cups invented, and it says July fourth, seventeen seventy six. I mean, it's on. It's what the internet says. I'm pretty sure that was Ben Franklin. <laughs> yeah, I think Ben Franklin, the first president, invented Reese's Cups, the first Man. candy. You know, I, can can I say something just sort of semi-serious? This better be about the no. Kansas City so Chiefs, sir. Let's talk, Nate. Let's go ahead and talk about. Yeah, I just, ahead, I just really, and I, I think, I think maybe, maybe this helps someone somewhere. I just really appreciate the fact that uh, that that you guys and and me that we can talk about anything. I really do. Like, sincerely. Yeah. Now, I only have, like, 20 seconds of sincerity built up in me at a time. But I really, mm. I genuinely appreciate that. Because, you know, we're, we're different ages. We have different backgrounds. We've got different trainings and experiences. And we can talk about anything and even sometimes get pissed. Look, look, listeners, I have muted Josh on Twitter. And I am certain he has <laughs> muted me. I, I once replied something to Josh saying, why don't you pretend I'm not an idiot for a couple seconds and maybe it'll make sense to you. I was so, oh, I was, and, and you know what? You know what Josh had the good sense to do? He just gave me a little space. He's like, oh, okay. All right. We're going to give this a minute. <laughs> Actually, you probably replied and I didn't know because I'd muted you. I was like, okay. And you know what? Yeah. But we can sure. be angry I'm for like. I remember if I muted. I think I might. I might have I'm sure you there. probably have. And, and you can be mad at someone and still talk to them. And I just I just really appreciate that about you guys because it has been kind of a hellscape of a month. And then Four I think really the most the mo year Four for year. sure. <laughs> I, I think the most important thing for any group like the three of us yeah. is that is that, you know, and I don't mean to leave you out, Danielle, because really this shows yeah, group is. chat. It, it there, it's, it is a four-person mm -hmm. group chat. But the most important thing is really, if you have a group of three or four people, is that every other group... There, there is also a group chat minus one of those oh, no. people. 
that's where the real truth oh. comes out. And Seth, I hate to tell you that that's secretly happening, but the Nate Josh Danielle group chat. Why are you? Whoa, it's good. It's Why are you, whoa, it's good stuff. Look, look. Oh, it's popping. I just sent something in there right now while you were talking real serious like. Why are you telling See, me this? See, this is why, you know, people who are listening who are into the Enneagram, this is why we eights don't make ourselves vulnerable. Because the world is a dangerous place, and if you make yourself vulnerable, they rip your heart out of your chest and show it to you because they're sick. All right, I'm ready to talk about the Chiefs now. Oh, whew, that was great. That was a great just, I feel calmer now. I feel... I feel like I'm understanding and ready for a discussion about the Carolina Panthers, right, guys? Yes. Right? Because nothing's gone on with the Chiefs that would no, make my Chiefs. calmness go away. There, there, there's, there's nothing that, you know, I feel, I feel so great. So great right now. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be no hiccups between now and 12 o'clock at noon. Is anybody getting any texts right now that like to yes. the podcast? And I mean 12 o'clock at noon on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. Yes. You guys are jerks. But it's so sad that you're like, you know what? I, you, got, you know, I just want to let you all know on, on our time. You, no, listeners don't know what the texts say. You've got to say, you've got to read the texts for the listeners. I think you doing it's the funniest possible way. <laughs> oh, well, well, you, you started off with the, with an epitaph taking the Lord's name in vain, Joshua. So I can't say that. Okay. You can say gosh. Say gosh. Golly it's fine. G- He's so sensitive. Wait, no one sends. Seth, don't read this. Danielle. Hey, Danielle, you know what? I thought you were on my side, Danielle. Danielle, delete, delete. Undo. And Nate said, we all love you in all caps in a very sincere message. And that, times ours listeners, is why Nate, he's not just the glue. He's like the glue and the construction and the hands that like are holding it together and the air that dries the glue. It'd be way easier to, to say what we are, which is uh, making it worse. <laughs> we, That's we are the toddler who has a wiffle ball bat <laughs> trying to like, ah, I bet this thing can break. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so um, yeah, the Chiefs, like Chris Jones. Holy smokes. I know. Yeah, so I'll give, let me give you the news real quick then, and then I'll, we'll go straight to you, Nate, because you probably know more than I do. But I imagine most of you probably know, uh, early Wednesday, or what's today, Thursday? Thursday, right. who the early, hell knows? Early Thursday, early Thursday, we get a report that a staff member for the Chiefs has tested positive. Um, they had a strength coach test positive previously. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of just went on without a hitch. Well, then we get a report uh, earlier this afternoon saying that that staff member is vice president of sports medicine and performance. Also the team's COVID officer, head COVID officer, Rick Burkholder, who also, I believe, played a pretty significant part in the NFL's COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. Really like the head guy for the Chiefs COVID protocol, though. Grand poobah of Chiefs COVID stuff. And again, head trainer, VP of all of that. Been around for a long time. Also, I, you know, I don't uh, want to just like suck up to everyone who does a great, uh, great press conference. But Rick Burkholder gave us some really great info pre-training camp about their COVID plan. Like I, I would just to editorialize was very impressed with the detail mm-hmm. that was in place that, that he then relayed to us. Anyway, we found out that he te- it was the one that tested positive and that is already not great. Um, Cause you know, you don't want anyone to have COVID, and I don't know how old he is, but he got a little gray hair. You know, he, that makes that just kind of just kind of spooky. You just don't like that at all. Um, and then also, you get to the point of well, he is working within the team on a pretty active basis. I imagine that news is followed by Chris Jones going to the COVID reserve list. Sam Mellinger of the Star, I think it was the first one on this. And mm-hmm. Nate, if you beat him to it, you tell Sam to go straight to hell. <laughs> uh, no, we'll, but- we'll let we'll let Sam have this one. <laughs> I think Sam. I think Sam got this one first, uh, tweeting that it wasn't a positive test for Chris Jones, but it was he was in close proximity with Rick Burkholder, which Chris. I'm now speculating, but Chris Jones has had a groin injury yes. he's been working on for a little while. Mm-hmm. Burkholder works with him on the groin injury for a little bit. Now those guys have been in close contact for a period of time. Honestly, also makes me a little bit worried about Frank Clark because he's been working with some soreness recently. That maybe maybe it hasn't gotten to Burkholder level. I don't really know how that. That works, but I think that's the gist of the news there, Nate. Um, what what else were you hearing over the course of the day today? And and frankly, should we be expecting 
maybe more guys to end up on that list just as someone that would have had close contact with Burkholder and maybe even guys uh, before too long that, that maybe had um, contact with Chris Jones. This is going to be a tricky situation. So I'm going to try to explain it um, briefly here, and then I'm going to give you two scenarios because obviously we're recording this on Thursday night. Um, you know, there was a press conference right before we, we started taping, so I'm just I'm just trying to collect my thoughts. <laughs> um <laughs> Moving forward, yes, the 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 best case scenario as of right now, as of you know Thursday night, is that when the Chiefs went to work today, Rick Burkholder was the only one who tested positive. Chris Jones did not test positive. He was a participant in practice on a limited basis until it became clear through contact tracing that he was, you know, involved either on the Rick Burkholder side or with somebody else, whether it's family members, friends. There's been various reports where, you know, the person that I talked to in the organization sort of said like, hey, um, this is just a close contact, which sort of gives the impression that this was, you know, based off the team's own tracing system that, by the way, Rick Burkholder sort of set up and constructed and put the sort of parameters on if you're near somebody for more than, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, all the tracers, you know, sort of. Um, collecting that data so that you can have that information if someone indeed does test positive. But there's also reports, I think Albert Breer was pretty clear in saying that the person that he talked to suggested that maybe the contact tracing and the and the, and the close contact was from somebody not in the Chiefs' own building. So hmm. here's where the two... So, and so, it's again, it's, it's a murky situation because... The Chiefs contract tracing system can be right. Like, I don't think, well, I, I agree with you, Josh. It is safe to assume, logical to assume, that yes, Chris Jones and Rick Burkholder were probably in the midst of one another uh, in order for him to be as healthy as he could to play, say, in Sunday's game against the Jets. And obviously, going into this week's work with the Panthers, it is also, you know, could be logically. And assume, you know, you could assume from a truth standpoint that he, you know, Chris could have got his close contact from somebody else, too. So Mm -hmm. both can be true. Um, So here's the two scenarios. As I'm talking now, scenario one is none of this matters because you wake up in the morning and there's multiple confirmed positive tests for the coronavirus. We've seen that occur in other teams in the league, uh, most notably the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I, I wouldn't say it would go that route, but you would you could, you know, the team is going to have its results roughly around 630, 730 at some point central time. Um, If multiple guys test positive, then obviously the facility, which was closed the minute guys left after practice, that will stay closed. And then the then the league's going to have to get involved and you're going to have to say, OK. Is it safe for us to either A, play this game on Sunday, B, do we need to push it back to Monday, and C, when can the Carolina Panthers, if they stay you know, in the negative, when can they get on a plane and fly to Kansas City to make sure that this game gets played? The second scenario, which is what you know we would all hope, fans, reporters, people in the organization, you hope that everybody wakes up tomorrow and the tests that were constructed today back up the previous day's test, which says that everyone is still negative. And then consulting with the league, understanding that everybody will do their best with the protocols and the social distancing, maybe they could have some form of a walkthrough on Friday. I don't know if it's possible for them to have a regular practice just because they had to move everything up just to have Thursday's practice in light of Rick Burkholder's positive test. Now, what I will say is the since Rick is so high and important in the hierarchy of the Chiefs structure in terms of how everybody stays safe and because, you know, Rick Brooker will talks to everybody in the organization because, you know, he's the head athletic trainer. I would assume, and I haven't confirmed this yet, but I would assume that he's been tested multiple times and that you've gotten no false positive so that you know for sure that Rick has indeed tested positive for the virus. Um, if you get positives tomorrow, then that may bring everybody back to the facility to get tested again, or you may include some rapid testing based on that close contact. And again, even if that is to occur, maybe the best you could do is a walkthrough or just have virtual meetings and hope everybody can stay relatively healthy 
for Sunday's game. But these are the two scenarios that you're working with. One is everything mostly stays shut down and you test people consecutively, much like the Patriots did before they got on a plane to play the Chiefs. Or best case scenario, only Rick has the virus as of right now. The team can move forward in some capacity and maybe the game doesn't really have a hitch to it starting on Sunday. Seth, do you have any thoughts on any of that? I know, um, I mean, it just there's so much that we don't know to this point. Um, and I mean, we, we could talk about, I also, Nate, real, just to be clear, I believe, unless I guess there's always a chance of something uh, being a curveball. I believe the setup here is that Chris Jones ha- has to be on that list for a minimum of five days as someone who had close contact with someone who tested positive. Is that, is that right? That is correct. Somebody asked me on Twitter and I can't remember their name right now, but it was a great question. And it was like, well, Chris, as we know, is tested negative. He obviously took a test today. Um, before he was sort of, you know, separated from the team because of the close contact. If he tests negative again, and he tests negative on Saturday, and now we know the league is testing on game day, if he tests negative on Sunday, could he be available to play? That would be a league decision, but just the black and white of what is actually in the rules, Josh, you're right. It would be near impossible for Chris Jones to play, even if he was fully healthy. He never had the virus, but because of Mm -hmm. precaution, and I think, you know, just trying to be as smart as we can with the information we have from the medical experts, you know, it might be better for you to just sit this one out to make sure that all the other guys who are still negative stay that way too. I mean, you have to think about this of both the person and the people around them. And thus like, can you have a football game? Yep. Um, It's going to be hard for me to see right now him playing on the field, even if he tests negative throughout this entire stretch. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I guess I'll approach it from a, you know, it's really easy to talk about, you know, the more general thoughts with COVID and stuff. And I'm just, we're talking about the Chiefs right now. So I'll talk about it in terms of football and in terms of the season, etc. Losing a star for a game is tough. Losing mm-hmm. a position group is a disaster. And, yep. and they mm-hmm. can they can win games without Chris Jones. They've done it before. They can do it again. It does get tougher. And this is something I alluded to earlier this week in that the, the Panthers, their, their pass offense and rush offense are both ranked 11th in offensive efficiency by football outsiders. This isn't a bad passing team. This isn't the Jets. You know what I mean? Right. This isn't the Broncos. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, I mean, it's not even like, it's not the Patriots, you know, without Cam, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, now at the same time, you know, they're not, you know, really good passing team either. So there, there's a lot going on here. But the Chiefs, you know, they, they, they're they going to miss Chris Jones against this team. It's a well-designed offense with a quarterback who's playing pretty well. But you just can't afford to lose a position group right 
Um, you can't afford, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Jones, you know, in the moment after some strip sack or something comes off the field and hugs Patrick Mahomes, right? Like there, there's right. bad and then there's a disaster in terms of from a football well, look, perspective. Yeah, and look at the look what the Raiders had to do just to play the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. Where the entire offensive line was not given time to practice because of, you know, just working in close proximity with one another. And then the league, for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure, was like, we're going to move the game up, not back. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so it went from su- it went from Sunday night to Sunday afternoon, and the Raiders weren't themselves. Now, I think they probably still lose to the Buccaneers, you know, nine, you know, seven times out of ten. But, you know, you get into situations where, like Seth mentioned, if a position group, if multiple guys um, have to be – or if they're compromised to some degree – then it's not good for anybody, whether that's the football business itself of playing the game so that you can obviously have fans and tickets and TV revenue and all that, and, like, just the overall health of the players, which, you know, should be important. Uh, I mean, I I think that's probably all we have on it right now. I feel pretty good about that. So, I mean, we can we can look ahead a little more um, specifically to Sunday and, and say, let's, let's assume that, you know, there, there's the more beneficial outcome, the safer outcome of, you know, uh, Chris Jones is out, but nobody else pops up, or maybe I don't know if anybody else ends up on the list. They don't test positive, you know. With with that sort of hopeful outcome, this really was. I mean, I kind of joked about it at the beginning, but last week was weird because everyone knew the Jets stunk. This week is weird because I just don't think about the Carolina Panthers does, very often. Does anybody in the state of Missouri have they watched the Carolina Panthers? Anybody in the state of Kansas? Hell, anybody in the state of Iowa? Like y'all watching the Panthers on Sunday? I mean, I know we got red ticket in red zone, and I know they played on Thursday night against a trash rate. What is Falcons team? A trash Falcons, Falcons team. team. Trust mm-hmm. me, you didn't watch that game. I didn't watch that game either. <laughs> I get paid to watch these games. I didn't watch that game. They, Come on, they, they have they've lost three in a row. I haven't watched much of their defense. Um, I I think their defense is is not great. It's a young core, Bob. Mm-hmm. Young core. Young core. Mm-hmm. That tells you I can't name anybody. You, yeah, you know, when, when I when I start talking about DVOA and, like, team statistics, that's how you know it's like, oh, so Seth hasn't watched this team much. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are the BFF grades for their best players? Let's see. Uh, yeah, yep. this is this uh, one. So their pass defense rate, this is the best we can do. Now, I've watched a little of their offense. And that's the whole reason I'm even bringing up Jones. Teddy's been good. Man. Teddy's Teddy been good. The problem and joe brady runs a good system so that's going to be a much uh, a much sterner test it's not going to be the best test they face this year but it's a much sterner test than the jets and it'll be interesting to see because you know clark hasn't quietly we've talked about this he hasn't been kind of dominating now now we know he's got a sore ankle or a knee and all this stuff so maybe mm-hmm. that's it i will say the panthers have the 20th ranked pass defense and the 26th ranked run defense by dvoa and the problem is the Chiefs lately, when teams are letting them run the ball, they've been running the ball really well. And then the Jets decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play them like a normal team and, you know, really just, you know, get in on our keys when they do play action. And Mahomes is like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I guess I'll throw the ball <laughs> for 400 yards, barely trying. Um, now, and again, they're not a tire fire like the Jets are um, in, in pass defense. But they're also not nearly as good as the Jets are at run defense. And that's where the Chiefs, mm-hmm. they, they really are a problem right now. Because if you're weaker in one area or another and you don't compensate for that, they might just say, well, I guess we'll just do this and see if it gashes you. And then you'll try to compensate and we'll gash you the other way. It's not great, Bob. So, it, but that <laughs> offense, I am curious about. The Chiefs defense, I don't know if it's just years of like Chiefs fan PTSD and I just can't get back to the mentality of the defense being a strength of the team. I just want to see a couple more weeks of like, yeah, this looks good. Eight weeks ain't enough for you? Hey, I it ain't know, enough for I, you? The Derek Carr game really screwed I knew he was going to say it, y'all. And yeah, I know. I, really, I know. It, was, it, was, it threw off the feng shui of the it, whole room. It did. It really did. Outside <laughs> of that, they've been an elite passing defense. And then Derek Carr just went full-fledged Patrick Mahomes on them. And it freaked me out. And so... I'm just, I just want to see it one more week, one more week, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, we're good, we got this. Can they, can they do it against this defense, like this offense, and like convince you, like, is that, can this offense even? That's, that's my thing. Is like uh, the Raiders game threw me off a little bit, but like, 
they're gonna have to do it to like the Ravens again before I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> hey, I mean they 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 stopped a Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry juggernaut they, in the AFC Championship game. I know. I, I'm just so I just like ago. how. <laughs> Hey, did they make Lamar Jackson look good? No, they did a really good job. Has, has Josh Allen played well the moment he stopped playing the Chiefs? No, that's a good I, point. I mean, I, look, Teddy's Teddy's gonna have some moments on Sunday. I, if again, if we play this game, Lord willing, um, Teddy's gonna have some moments. He's he's got. Listen, man, this is gonna this this statement's gonna be old in ten minutes or whatever. But they're playing Thursday night football tonight. <laughs> Chris Jones, Chris Jones could be could be patient zero for the zombie virus at the beginning of a movie, and they'd be like, "I mean, listen, what are we gonna do? Not play that game? Send the Panthers on, on the plane." Yeah, seriously. There's interesting... yeah, I, yeah, your point is very valid, which is why I'm laughing. There's, there's How many interesting... injuries do the Forty Niners have? The whole team. The whole team. The whole team. The whole team's thing on I'm, the what I'm curious about. Which chief would be the scariest zombie? We got to go with Tyreek Hill, right? Because you're never getting away. <laughs> like, I, so I think I think that being I think that as soon as you become a, a zombie, zombie, you lose a little bit of that burst, yeah, right? Does your, like, does your, does your slider on the Madden if you become a zombie, does it go down to like? Does it I automatically take you down to like forty speed? So I, because like, yeah. they don't make zombies like you know freak athletes. Because yeah. then nobody would lose. No. Well, well, they did in World stuff, War Z, you know, like, and that's why I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. <laughs> like, well, man, those terrifying. things are scary. Um, and so now yeah. I was just thinking: so if if it's running zombies, it's Tyree Kill because I mean we've watched him run. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you could be in a car. Like it just because imagine him running like he runs <laughs> and never getting winded. I think I have my answer. Go ahead, you and, give yours. I've got, I've got an outside. I've got yeah. an, I've got a non first round draft pick. Right. Sort of answer, I'm, I'm excited for this. And if we're if we're talking non runners. I'm I'm thinking about the the roster right now. You know what? Because his knees would be healed by this assembly. Oh wow, yeah, that's that's not Ooh. bad. Nate, who would be the scariest zombie? I, I'm I'm just gonna go a little local. Um, we forget how good Tyler Lockett is at changing directions. <laughs> Oh, you're open. Oh, that's oh wow. Yes, yeah. yeah. You're not juking out the zombie. You're not locket. juking that guy. Nope. He's gonna get away. Oh no, he's got him by the carotid. Yeah, that would be. I'm 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 on chief specific still, and I I think I think Frank Clark. We just have to. Yeah, like, that's like, that's He'd a high draft pick. Yeah, that would be a that would, you just it, there's no winning that one. But I think purely on just visual of like this is the zombie coming over the hill. If. Tano Passio is out here looking to eat your brains yeah. or whatever. Look, remember the day? It's over. I, I think I think it was one of the first days I was like doing this job, and it was like an OTA. You know, as uh, as Steve Spagnola calls them, pajama practices. Hey, they give you they give you some sweats, a shirt, and a helmet. I right, we're in pajamas, boys. And I would look at Tano Passio, and I'd be like, "How is he not an All Pro already? Yeah. Like how? <laughs> right? <laughs> this, how is he not destroying worlds? These are the important things I know <laughs> listeners tune in to hear. I am telling you, there is absolutely no hyperbole with Tano. There's no one ter- with, more terrifying in that locker room than that. He is—he is shredded to an extent that it looks impossible. It's kind of similar to Alan Bailey. Except he's a little taller. Mm-hmm. He's and taller more shredded. And, and more he's lean. He's tall. That's the thing. He's like six yeah, seven or it's, something. It's 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 scary. I, again, <laughs> I wasn't on the practice field, y'all. I was just observing. And again, there are no pads. Nobody's running hard. Just just to see him across, I was like, like, like how do you how do you block him? Yeah. Like I, I don't. Do how are people doing it him? successfully? One is your family. Is your family asking you to block this? <laughs> <man? laughs> no, sorry. Uh, I, here's an interesting thought, though. Also, with the, that also lends credence to the zombie thing. To know Passanio like twice a game, a quarterback thinks he's going to run away from him, and, and it's no- he shrinks that that angle, doesn't he? Like he takes like four mm-hmm. giant steps, and you see the quarterback, holy crap, and like panic and throw the ball away. If if it weren't for that the fact that he closes so quickly, it scares them. I think he'd have like eight sacks by now. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to bait them. Like yeah, a good like, corner. he's like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. But it, it's so interesting because that's one thing I noticed. A lot of people are giving Mike Dana a hard time because he he's not as athletic, right? Like chasing guys down. And you kind of saw that with Justin Herbert a few times when he got into space. He couldn't quite close that angle. 
And, but it's not really a fair comparison because Passanio, it's every game it'll happen. So watch for this. If you haven't seen it yet, to know Passanio will get out in space, you know, unblocked in like a bootleg or something. And that quarterback is going to throw that ball away like nine out of 10 times because he'll think he has time. And to know takes with these, you know, massive steel tendons, he calls hamstrings and leap <laughs> towards him like a majestic gazelle, but a shredded one. And it's it's scary, man. And they panic and throw the ball away. Watch for it. You will giggle. It'll be fun. Uh, do we want to give a, uh, a, a a light preview of this game? Because I know Seth wrote something I want to spend some time on. But um, understanding that we just uh, have evaluated them so far, the Panthers, by by PFF grades and DVOA, <laughs> meaning that we have not watched hey, three five. games. They're still frisky. They still got a hey, shot. Hey, listen. Joe of uh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Say Joe I mean, hey, Brady. Matt Rule. McCaffrey's coming back. Matt Rule creating a great, great chemistry down there in Charlotte. You know who could have seen Matt Rule and Dim Boys. Who, Absolutely. Who could have seen this such a hot start to start? You know this season. I know it's gotten a little. Got it. You know the hot start has clearly cooled off with the temperatures. Unless you're in the Midwest, but still, you know the boys are the boys are three and five. They're still competitive. You know they're gonna be they're gonna be someone to watch in two years. Hold your everybody. Both of you guys, put your hands up right now. Don't don't touch your keyboard. If either of you can name the defensive coordinator of the Panthers, I'll Venmo you a dollar right now. Mm. <sighs> defensive coordinator, Carolina Panthers. <laughs> no, is it Jack? Is no. it Jack Del Rio? I know are it's you, not Jack Del Rio. Are you using? Your I just want to say his name, Jack Del Rio. Did you, did you just say? Did you just ask your phone? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this this show owes an apology to Panthers defensive coordinator. Brrr, actually, hold on. Now I I got two different results on Google. Even Google's yeah, I was just sure. saying Google doesn't know <laughs> who who's because who? Google had one name and then and then I think they might have hired somebody else when Rule got there. Hold on, they didn't know. Wow. Look, look. Uh, let's let's tally up. Even... All, let's tally up all the votes and tell me who the wow, defensive Derek coordinator Brown is. Brown is in Carolina. <laughs> Look, Phil Snow. Is this on Panthers.com? You could have given me twenty thousand guesses, <laughs> and I he was he, come, he, he was because uh, the whole staff came from was, college, right? Essentially, yep. yeah. He was Matt Rule's defensive coordinator. In you know, yeah, how's I supposed yeah. to know that? I don't watch Big Twelve. This dude football has outside. This of dude it. has thirty-seven seasons of collegiate coaching experience, and I'm going to forget his name as soon as I close I that. Would, he's with the he's with the big boys now. There, there is actually one player that I would like to talk about. Like Derek Brown, I'm, I'm excited to see. I haven't really watched much of him. One player that I actually have watched a little bit of, and that spooks me, is is Brian Burns. Um, now, okay. a lot of people, like, I, I kind of liked him coming out, which is rare that I pay attention to one of the draft. It, a lot of people liked him coming out. Edge rusher, he can play. And... I'm just a little concerned because the Chiefs tackles, you know, Schwartz still being out. And it's just, uh, uh, yeah, it's just that's something to keep an eye on. The pass protection holding up. Don't say it too strongly, Seth. Don't say it. Don't over, don't over. Right. He is going to have 17 sacks in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, it's one area where they might be able to do something. Um, the corner group hasn't been particularly strong. That's that's what I know. But they're not a bad team. So this is kind of an interesting thing, right? So they're more they're more akin they're, to the Broncos than the than the Jets, right? Except they don't yes. have that familiarity with the Chiefs. So I I have no idea how this could go, and I think that's part of the problem. Is I'm just so unfamiliar with the Panthers. Even when I was watching them play the Falcons, I was like, this is not helping me. Like no, at all, no, I mean, <laughs> at all. Just just ugh. I mean. The the good thing about the the the, the Falcons Panthers game is that it's an indicator of okay if you have a if you have a great wide receiver and a quarterback with some time you can pass all day because of obviously what Julio Jones accounted for but that I mean that I think that's the only transferable thing that I saw um, Christian McCaffrey may be back for this game that that is the assumption as of right now so we'll get a good idea as to how he looks from a health standpoint but look their running backs even without McCaffrey have been serviceable. Um, you know, and keeping that offense pretty balanced. I, it's crazy that that offense was still good. Yeah, the yeah. Running back that so, changed look, running back play forever in the NFL. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> Here we go. He, anyway, 
They they really challenged the Saints. Remember, they were a 65-yard field goal away, indoors, I would like to tell you, away from, you know, from, hey, you know, getting Drew Brees a little a little hot and sweaty up in New Orleans. So I I think the I think the Panthers are gonna have a a a not a kitchen sink game, because I don't know how much how much stuff is actually in the in the kitchen, but they they're going to <laughs> they're gonna push the Chiefs as best they can. They chucked the sink early, trying to get off to a good start, and now they're 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 stuck, you know, trying to rip out drywall and throw that at people as they walk through the door. Which you never know. Sometimes that can be effective. Yeah, I don't get hit with drywall. Yeah, or a sink, or any appliances. Uh, don't hit me. No one get hit. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's now, just not get struck. Now so the, it, is, the issue for the Panthers, I would say, is um, one: the Chiefs are more talented. Two: they. Uh, have a team now that is legitimately their equal in the AFC. Um, they need to keep pace with the Steelers. So mm. it's not like they have a two-win advantage in its week 13. And so you can kind of sleepwalk through the game. Um, they've already done that once. That was to the Raiders. So I think all those factors lead one to believe that, you know, if this game is played with all the people we expect to play, I think the Chiefs are still favorites heavily. Um, but I do find this to be a more compelling game in the second half, unlike Chiefs-Jets, which was, um, yeah, just, wow, just, my heart hurts for those people in, in New York and New Jersey. At least they have the Giants. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs, I see them as an 11-point favorite in this game right mm-hmm. now. It, that, feel, that feels like Vegas isn't like 100% sure, sure no, where they're no. going. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of because it's it's not quite a blowout, and so it's you know it's obviously more than I mean this here's just some good analysis, right? Eleven points is more than a touchdown and a field goal, but less than two touchdowns. I get paid to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I right now like I'm having a hard time not tweeting like something like it was only in the middle of recording this week's Times Ours podcast that our heroes realized they knew nothing about the upcoming opponent. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving betting line analysis. This is stupid. Yeah, I think Chiefs look, win this look, game I by made, two touchdowns. By association touchdowns. I like it. of the person I am related to by marriage, I may know more about the Bachelorette than I do about the Carolina Panthers, okay? <laughs> and if the Chiefs somehow lose Sunday, we can replay this clip because I, I, I kind of know more about the Bachelorette, the Electoral College, and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups than I do the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. That's so true. That's all. That's all very good. <sighs> so yeah, I think I think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns because of all those very good reasons I've given. Do you guys want to give predictions? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Chiefs put up 31. I'm saying 31-17. That's two touchdowns, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, sir. That is. No, it's I, I'm gonna. Ta- I'm gonna look, we're gonna tabulate and count that all the way to 31. You know, you know what? 30. 34 to 20. That's also 14. We're just going to count it all the way through just to make sure, just to confirm and solidify that accounting. But yes. Thank you. Lock it in. Lock it. Um, I want to say... Ugh, I. It's hard to pick the Chiefs not scoring 30. Um, I'll say... Hmm, I'll say Chiefs 32 because of a Harrison Bucker mixed extra point. uh (laughs) um panthers 20 uh you know they'll they'll they'll, they're they're a professional football team unlike the team we saw last week ouch um i I, the chiefs offense has been on quite the roll lately and they are putting up a bunch of stuff on film that is very just tough to deal with and so i i you know, I'm kind of seeing, I think the Chiefs put up 40 plus again, but I think the defense allows 24. Sorry, was there a score? You you explained that in the most confusing possible way. <laughs> 40 something to 24. How is that? <laughs> okay. All right. 40 something. No, that's exactly. You can bet on that too. 40. You say the Chiefs score 40 something. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, let's talk about what you wrote this week, Seth. It's up in The Athletic right now. You wrote about the Chiefs and the RPO. It's something that Andy Reid talked about quite a bit, and even Mahomes talked about some after the Jets game and how, how much they were leaning on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those fun instances where Nate and I haven't even read the story that you're about to talk about because of timing. And so you get to explain to both of us, along with all the listeners, all at once. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, here, I'll... Um... So the opening segment is a portion how people that have private group chats that don't include their friends are oh, horrible and doomed yeah, to the circle of L. I knew that it was I kind of that. an unusual lead. I, I knew was that surprised. First, that first screenshot really, really took my eyes, but it makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weirdly, weirdly, it was a screenshot. It was you sort of being, it was you sort of begging for forgiveness because I saw it was, a, it was a group chat with you and Nate and Danielle. And <laughs> you I know, know what I just, it, it, yeah, these things are. What they are you know who's to say who's who's who does things um <laughs> i have a future in politics by the way who's to say who does who, yeah things? i was like uh sir do you want to make an announcement right now <laughs> yeah a lot of so, you know you know you know seth a lot of people on you know capitol hill are suggesting that people have given you massive contributions for a <laughs> for a potential i don't know just I don't want to say it, but they think your campaign is uh, is off to a to a swimmingly start. Oh well, that that's good. That's good to hear. Um, it also makes me realize that I need to completely alter everything that I'm doing in my life. Um, so here's this one. You want to read your text out loud? I was doing a joke really just for us, but I wanted to share it with the audience. Oh man, and I thought my wife might be texting me. I think she's still mad at me. Man, this big sensitive baby sure is good with words. You know what? I just want to make sure that that's clear. No, no wife was harmed, or or I, in the making of this. Like we we are we are the victims always. Go ahead. We all <laughs> we are always the victims. So anyway, um, I, I wrote about the Chiefs and RPOs, and Nate, you wrote about it a little bit earlier in the week too. So the Chiefs RPO game hasn't. It's kind of started to really catch on over the last few weeks. And and let's get one thing out of the way. This is not a bringing back of Josh and I's endless debate about running the ball, passing the ball, running backs don't matter, running backs do matter, blah, blah, blah. Because one thing Josh and I do agree on is the Chiefs should be passing the ball constantly. Like... (laughs) That should be virtually all they do. And and that's just that's just a reality. The one thing that the run game can do, not even the run game itself, because the statistics show that generally speaking, you don't need to run the ball that often or that successfully to get teams to respect it, right? On play action. And so ipso facto RPOs. However, when you when when you do you do need the threat of the run. And I would say that with the way teams were playing the Chiefs, it's not that they didn't have the threat of the run. It's that they were so scared of the pass that, you know, you've got the Bills backing up at the snap, right? Uh, You've got the Broncos doing a lot of the same thing where they're just saying, look, we don't even care if you run the ball on us, right? The Chiefs ran the ball pretty efficiently in both those games, put some stuff on film, and the Jets decide to play them more straight up. Now, it also helps that Greg Williams has his safeties back up to, like, Timbuktu. <laughs> Ipso facto is a legal term, Josh. Stop texting me while we're recording. <laughs> oh. You're on that thread? Dang it. <laughs> I am just hey, on a bad my, streak right now. My accent is delightful. You know what? Anyone who finds my Minnesotan accent delightful, if you could DM Josh how delightful it is, I would appreciate it. Um, Anyway, so Greg Williams tends to send his safeties way, way, way back, which has kind of been a joke on film Twitter forever. His safeties, like it's some of these video clips that I've been looking at, his safeties are like 30 yards off the line of scrimmage. It's the weirdest thing. And so that leaves more space to operate underneath. But more importantly, for the purpose of this article, you saw the Jets thinking about stopping the run, which teams have not thought about that much with the Chiefs, and they shouldn't, to be honest. Um, And now after the Jets' results, we know why. Because if you try to play the Chiefs straight up like a normal team, and you don't have like absolutely elite talent, right? Or like a specific skill set of talent that's kind of tailor-made to beat the Chiefs, you are going to get just run out of the building by the passing game. And that's what happened. So I kind of wrote about that and how Patrick Mahomes' specific skill set kind of lends itself to that RPO game working really well. He's got a really quick release, reads defenses really fast. And uh, yeah, go 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 check it out for some screenshotting fun. 
Nate, you got anything on that stuff that you read about? I was too busy texting to actually listen. <laughs> I was actually letting the tension build because I was like, well, I mean, my my two friends seem like they need to have a conversation with everybody listening. Anyway, but no, um, this goes to the idea that they actually kind of gave Clyde a, a, a like quiet rest on Sunday. Anybody catch that? <laughs> yeah, it was like, like they did not play coach's decision. And, <laughs> and and also, also, just real quick, the offense was terrible. Like, the idea that, you know, they may have given Clyde a midi bye week so that when a team counters, the RPO could be effective in the next manner in a different way, I think is fascinating too. And because, you know, um, there's going to be more wrinkles, even in the RPO game, that I think will be fascinating. But... I mean, if you're going to play the run, and as Seth sort of alludes it, alludes to it here, um, do they? Did the Jets know that Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end? Yeah, because <laughs> that was such a bad strategy. Because I want, I want the, I want the Panthers to understand this. Hell, I want all the teams to understand this. Like there would be times where early in Patrick's career, Bill Belichick was great at this, where he was like, "Hey, we're going to give a a run fitting look to an RPO." But, you know, Hightower, who's not playing because of, you know, COVID opt-out, um, would, would come to the line but then would easily back out because he knew, based on route concept, this is where I assume Kelsey's going to be and I would be in between the ball and, and him um, to give some level of confusion mm-hmm. to Patrick Mahomes. Um, but if you play the RPO like this, which Seth sort of shows, I mean, there's just – there's acres for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you you can't play that way when your safeties, as Seth alluded to, are are hey boys, fellas, can't nobody get behind you, okay? Can't nobody get. Did he catch you in front of you in the end zone? How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, it's like it's, it's like, huh. that's still bad. That can do that. When that happens. They can do that. Wow, yeah, I've never it, seen somebody in the South do that <laughs> since A. Y. Tittle came down here in the nineteen forties. Do you guys know what well, – I this, we did this bit on Almost Entirely Sports literally <laughs> last night. Do you know what Y.A. Tittle's full name is? No. Now, 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 now my, my grandfather told me back in the day, and it has escaped my memory, Josh. What, what are some wine names, you guys? Do you want to guess a couple? Jesus. <laughs> it was literally the first. It was, it was literally the first thing that came in my mind, and I knew, I knew, I knew it was gonna, I knew it was gonna interrupt this. this, this, this <laughs> uh, his his full name is Jesus. Yelberton <laughs> Abraham Tittle Jr. His first name is Yelberton. Yelberton. <laughs> when no Yelberton was slinging it. B e r t o n. Yelberton was out there slinging it. it. I just, I just don't understand sometimes. Yelberton. Oh man, but but again, the point of this, young fellas and ladies, you can't let anybody get behind you, even if you're in the red zone. Even if your name is Yelberton. Yeah, and I, I just the Chiefs' offense. The the whole point of the article was to just point out yet another area of the offense that's really starting to click. And kind of, you know, Joshua, we had talked about, like, when we were talking about, like, the best case scenario with, like, Edwards Alaire and now, like, Le'Veon Bell and all this stuff is if everything else is clicking, it becomes kind of this cherry on top where it's like it just adds a little extra dimension to take away one more option for how you should try to defend the Chiefs. And so it's it's interesting. We'll see how it keeps up because the Chets, they're, they so are... Bad. They're so, so bad. bad. I they're they're just so bad. But uh no, it, it's just interesting to see. Something to keep an eye on, much like my guy McCole Hardman, who, you know, broke out a little bit. So you know. Trend, trending in the positive direction. The one thing on the RPO front, just since you invoked that, Seth, is that we I mean we have a lot of research that it's that that like and this is different, these are different things. I acknowledge I'm saying that on the front end, but like you play action is effective whether whether you actually run the ball or not. If you literally what run the ball like one out of every twenty play actions that Linebackers are still going to want to take a step that way. RPOs, the threat is always still there. And we are talking about examples from a game where Clyde didn't have to do anything. I know the kind of the argument there is that, you know, they, they've they been successful running the ball. So maybe defenses are more 
uh, afraid of, uh, you know, of the running game being more successful and all of that. I understand that, but that's also, th- those things are uh, relatable, but I would say not necessarily, not necessarily cause and effect, as we just pointed out, that, like, Clyde didn't have to do anything in this game. Nice to have a bye week when it's not a bye week. Wait, Clyde talked about that this week also. Did we lose Seth or does Seth just not want to fight about this? No, Seth, I'm just, Seth, it's totally okay. fine. You said like eight things I disagree with, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, really? Well, probably not eight. Eight feels like a lot. Yeah, I, I would just say, you know, when you talk about a defensive game plan and how someone approaches the game and then is too stubborn to change it, that's not necessarily going to need to show up in whether or not you run the ball consistently and little things like that. But I think it's certainly true that in the aggregate, when you average every game that's occurred from like 1990 until now, you don't need to run the ball often or successfully. I think I said that when I started to to impact how they play. I just think that we've seen evidence this year that teams, even when the Chiefs not just were doing play action, but actually running the ball, were still having their linebackers back up. Yes. Right? The Buffalo Bills. Insert the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Bills. (laughs) Who I still and the Broncos were doing that a few times too. And the Patriots, they did things a little bit different. Belichick did a great job in that game. They they knew where the keys were in terms of figuring out, okay, this is exactly where we need to go. We're gonna we're gonna create the appearance that we're backing up, but we're we're gonna be ready. Plus, they've got a couple of really good defensive tackles that control the line of scrimmage. And that's kind of the fly in the ointment for the Chiefs, that interior line. If you get a really good, talented interior defensive line you might be able to control that action with two players and which could allow you to maybe have the best of both worlds. So it, no, I was just being quiet because I, you know, it's the eternal thing. It doesn't feel very good when everyone's just real quiet after you say something. Does it? I thought you were going to do the Michael Scott. I'm declining to speak first. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought Nate was going to say something. I was just waiting. I'm sorry. You're right. That didn't feel good. I'm sorry, Josh. You're very pretty and I value you. Thank you. Hold on. I'm going to text. I'm going to text the group chat that doesn't (laughs) doesn't include Seth. And I'm really going to get it right this time. Now, what you're probably wondering here is because we've reached the midway point of the year. And yes, there's a bye week after Sunday. Lord willing. Um, you're probably wondering, will we go even further into our darkest depths as a friendship during the bye week? I want to assure you that we're going to get through this just fine, despite not having a football game to preview. So, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. These two people, they, 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 they are passionate and, and I'm just, I'm just here to be the mediator to help them understand that this is, this is a loving podcast and you know can i can i quote something here there nate sh- sh- yes you, you have the floor as you're sitting here talking about unity i got someone throwing bombs at <laughs> josh Danielle? The group text. I don't, i'm gonna keep oh. the show going so Seth's wife gets mad at me or mad at him first of all she always blames you briscoe that's fine that's fine i almost said something very inappropriate that not even that's fine i'm just gonna say it's fine that's all right. Oh, see. But she doesn't. She doesn't control my life yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're not going to rule out the possibility that she might one day. That's all I'm asking. Or, or yeah, or, no. I mean, I, I definitely. Like I think there's a better chance she ends my life than than rules my life. But yeah, I mean, that's all on the table. Sure. Yeah. But no, that's and you know what, Nate's Nate's right. The bye week's going to be interesting. I don't know. We're going to need to like come up with like. I don't know what don't people do like mid-season grades isn't that the co- the hashtag content which was a hand You're doing the lawyer thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to grade these dudes right now but it's 7 and 1 and people got upset last year when I would give somebody a C okay so I'm trying to give this what? hashtag content If I give Nick Kaiser a C plus will people be upset Oh the people will riot <laughs> I think you should give him like a B minus just so some Kaiser can get a passing grade for the first half of the season. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> thank 
you. That's the response I deserved there. Because it was both dismissive and audible. That right there, that's a good response. That's also the end of the podcast. You can uh, check out more from Seth also in the Chief of the North newsletter. Follow him on Twitter at RealMN. Chiefs fan Nate is at by Nate Taylor. I am at JB Briscoe. If you want to wait like four more days before you follow me, it's totally cool. I get it. And uh, we'll uh, we'll do another podcast after the Panthers game whenever uh, the Chiefs theoretically beat them and then we head into a bye week. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what we're going to, I mean, are we going to do, are we going to do grades? Are we going to take a day off? Are we going to just, maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe the bye week is the week that we finally like try to get a licensed therapist on mm. the show to just kind of help us work. Like maybe get like a marriage counselor, you know, for all three of us and uh, just see if we can work some of our issues out. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean, that'd be a pretty good, like behind the paywall episode for <laughs> sure. That's a pretty good s- subscriber only episode. A lot, a lot of motion in that one. Um, yeah. To to just to wrap this up, I just want to. This is it. This, this is the end, end of the show, show you, right you, here. You, this is this. You Th- got this man has not made an appearance yet this season, and I feel like now's the oh, time no. because I've I've oh, started no. telling friends. Look, it was at it was at some point in the late night of Tuesday into early Wednesday that the 1984 football coach came out and said, "Look, look, look, fellas." <laughs> Ladies, ladies and fellas, we are at halftime, okay? We said it was going to be a long fight. It's been a long fight. We need to stay together. We need to be unified, okay? Some good is going to happen. Some bad is going to happen in the third quarter. All that matters is we keep fighting. Now, look, we're going to run the ball, run it again, run it again. I guess we might pass it on fourth down, but we it's a long fight. <laughs> There's still a lot of a lot of game left to be played, boys. A lot of game left to be played, ladies. Look, look at me. Look at me. We got a long flight. Let's go. Let's find a way to victory. And I told you it wasn't gonna be easy. Now we iced up in the halftime. We get out there and we run like thoroughbreds. Alright? Who's with me? America on three. One, two, three. America! America! Yes, go! Yes, Coach Foghorn Leghorn! <laughs>